Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. joining us today on Power Your Life, and I'm Dr. Joanne White, and it's always a pleasure. And many of us have gone through lots of challenges and have seen losses, and it's so very important to try to figure out the best way that we can how to share the passing on of those that we love. And we have an incredible person here today who's really going to help with that especially for children and um, and families. And I'm talking about Christian James, who's a first lieutenant and a 20-year veteran in the United States Air Force. He also served in Iraq and Afghanistan. And Christian is also a children's book author. His first titled book, All Hallows' Eve in Salem, The Unofficial Town of Halloween, has sold globally. And Christian's two books, Book releases are Building Our Main Street and Once Upon a Christmas Eve in Salem. Skilled in criminal intelligence, Christian's also a cybersecurity analyst with a master's degree focused on criminal justice and safety studies. Building Our Main Street, beautiful book by the way, is Christian's way of helping people work through the loss of a loved one and it offers a way for families to talk about their fondest memories and what would be on their own personal Main Street. Christian hopes that his work will encourage smiles while people are reminiscing about those that have passed on. Welcome, Christian James. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? Great. (laughs) Thanks. So... I told you before we started, I, I love the book, and it's really very important. So, But firstly, why did a little bit of background. Why did you get into writing children's book? What was, what was the stimulation for that? So back um, in December of 2019, um, my now wife and I went to the Grove in L.A., and I got to meet one of my favorite authors who's a children's book author, the author of uh, Polar Express and Jumanji. And I've always been a writer <clears throat> since I was a kid, since I was, a, you know, uh, in junior high, that kind of thing. And I just remember looking at my wife after he did his reading, and he had kids all around, and he's reading the Polar Express. And I looked at my wife, and I'm like, this is so cool. Like, I would love to be able to do this. So fast forward, of course, you know, COVID happens. <clears throat> and But I ended up writing Building Our Main Street a month um my wife and I were leaving Disneyland and she goes, I really wish retirement centers um, for the elderly was kind of like Disney's main street where they would be able to go into a different room and it's like a candy store. They go to a different room. It's a movie theater. You know, it's something fun. It's uplifting. And I think about a week later, I, it kind of just popped into my head. Like what if, 
like, what if when you pass away, everybody says that you see this light at the end of the tunnel and your life flashes before your eyes. But what if it's your own personal main street? What if it's your personal favorite places, your favorite memories? So I had, you know, my favorite memories growing up was going to the comic book shop with my grandfather in Chicago, going to the pizza place, going to Blockbuster, you know, that kind of thing. And, and so I wrote that story and my wife was a teacher at the time. Now she's an assistant principal and I, and I texted it to her and routinely my, my wife will give me notes like needs more detail, which I always say is like, I hate that text because I'm like, ah, crap. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't get anything back. So I'm like, Oh, I guess it's not very good. You know, wah, wah. Um, an hour and a half later, she texts me and she goes, I had to leave my class because they were taking a test and I started to cry. Wow. And I'm like, wait, what? She goes, I had to go share it with other teachers, like my other friends that, at school. And I went, so it's good? And she goes, this <laughs> is such an amazing story. How did you come up with it? I go, I don't know. It just kind of popped into my head. And, and I wrote it um, because I also thought about my, my father unexpectedly passed away. Um, in 2018 and I just remember my nephews not really knowing what was going on they're like nine and ten years old and I think that was the, that was the interlying theme in my brain at the time was how can I how would I have been able to explain it to them you know about grandpa like what happened to him where he's at and being able to explain stories of you guys were a big part of his his main street you know, because the moment you were born, he was with you all the time. Right. I have a question. Oftentimes people are very uncomfortable talking about someone that's passed on, and and yet we need that. It's so important. Why, why, why do people have so much difficulty? I, I think it's just because they're dealing with their own pain and their aches and, and I, I think a lot of people from my like when my father passed away, I, I talked to him the day prior. I told him I loved him before I hung up the phone with him. So when he passed away, I didn't have any of those like hanging on. It's like, man, I really wish I would have said this to him or done this, but I didn't know it at the time, but my family were kind of, my father was having issues with some of his, his siblings, his brothers and sisters. So when, when I saw them at his, his funeral, a lot of them did have regrets of, I really wish I wouldn't, we wouldn't have been fighting. We wouldn't have been doing this. So I think that's maybe what it is, is when they start having these discussions about these family members that have passed away, they start having their own regrets and their own, you know, feelings of, you know, I wish I wouldn't have said this or I wouldn't have done this. Um, But even when my grandfather passed away, when I was at that age, about 10 or 11, um, I remember looking at my dad and we were on the, on, on, on uh, my grandparents' bed. And I said, can you tell me something about grandpa Taylor? And he goes, just know that he loved you. And I'm like, cause I didn't really know my grandfather that well. This was, uh, I, I knew that he liked peanut butter on his pancakes. So that's something that I still do to today. My wife looks at me like I'm weird. Um, <laughs> And then, like, we'd go to the park, and he tried to get me to go pet the goose because I'm a kid, didn't know any better that the goose is going to chase me. Um, you know, like, 
the, like he had a great sense of humor, but at five, I didn't know what was happening. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, I still don't know him that well. Like, I don't know, because again, I was such a kid, like a little kid that he, I don't, I didn't know that much. And so I don't know if there was a lot of regret with my dad and him because I was his stepdad or he just was so heartbroken that he passed because he was crying. That was like the one time I'd, I'd ever seen my dad cry um, <clears throat> that he, he just didn't know how to talk to me about it or speak to me about it. Um, Cause I think that might be the problem too is, you know, I, I have the ability to just talk. Like I can, I can just sit and talk and my wife always goes, that's a gift you have. Some people don't know how to speak about their feelings. Because I think a lot of times when we were raised, at least my generation, like, you know, if you cried, stop, you know, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about or, you know, stop it. It's not that big of a deal. You know, they didn't want you to express your feelings. They wanted to keep it inside. Um, So I think that may be another issue, too, is that people just don't have the ability to express their their feelings through words um, because they were always told not to. Right, and I, and I believe that. I think it's so true. And that's why this book is so important, because it really opened the, the dialogue for families, parents as well as children and, and other siblings, you know, what, and other, other family members to really talk about memories and embrace them in, in a very special and a, and a very beautiful way. And, and that's essential because, like you said, we're, we don't talk, we talk about it sometimes because of our discomfort or because of the messages that we learned about not being able to share feelings very well. And this is a way to open that up. So you have this incredible background in the military. How did that lend itself more so to writing this book? I always say the military uh, is can be a giant family, but it can also be a day-to-day grind and day-to-day job too, you know, because everybody will ask me, you know, what's the military like? I'm like, it's like any other job. Sometimes you love it. Sometimes you don't. Um, but it's the family and the friends that you, you gain during that time. And, you know, during that time you, you have loss, you have, you know, fe- people that have lose loved ones and family members. And, and like I said, when my father passed away, I was right back at work because like I didn't, there's nothing I can do. Like I always, you know, people would come up to me and, and go, we're really sorry about your dad. I'm like, thank you. And they just look at me and I'm like, I don't know what else to say to you guys. Like, and, and they went to my supervisor and they're like, uh, Christian's acting normal <laughs> right. for him. And uh, they're like, he goes, Christian's fine. He just doesn't, you know, this isn't his, he, he, he's, he's doing okay. Like, you know, but they were checking in on me. They were making sure I was okay. Um, and that, and that's the thing, like with the military, the wars, you know, since I joined, we've been in wars. I mean, technically we still are, even though we don't hear about it as much anymore. Cause we, you know, we got out of Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, <clears throat> but people have lost loved ones and it's unfortunate. And I wanted this book to be a way for, those that maybe lost their, their husbands and their fathers before they really, you know, the kids were able to know them can sit, open this book and explain to them what, you know, dad's favorite things were or what he really enjoyed doing and, 
maybe talk about like, you know, on, on mom's main street might be their first date and where they went and what they did. And it's just, again, it's an open communication for people to be able to learn about the past and the, and the loved ones that, that are no longer here with us. Um, but also to be able to sit there with your child, cousin, uh, you know, any, anybody really, and write down, okay, what is on your main street today? And, and there's blank pages in the back of the book. And I wanted it this way because I want you to be able to sit with your child and go, okay, age five, what would be on your main street? Like when I was five is the Ninja Turtles and pizza and Burger King and McDonald's and comic book shop. Um, when I was 13, the Chicago Bulls, it was the Chicago Cubs. Uh, I was a Pokemon fan. Like, I want it, it, I kind of want it to be like, you know, when you measure your child up against the wall and see how tall they're getting, I'd love to be able to see, have you do this every five years until they're in their 20s again, because I guarantee you when that kid stops caring what other people think when we're teenagers, they will go back to the things they probably loved and enjoyed when they were five. Yeah, those memories really stay very much intact. I, as you were going through it, I was thinking, well, my memories at 5 and 10 and 20 and whatever, you know, whatever. So that's important. What kind of feedback, Christian, are you getting from families who are sharing this book with their kids and, and other family members? What are they telling you? So I've been told, you know, it's very helpful for them, Um at first when they're reading the book, you know, it can be very, um, it can be very difficult because again, it makes them think back to the person that they've lost and and think back about all the fun they had together. But again, it may bring back some painful memories of, you know, past issues that that they had, but at the end, it always, they always tell me it actually helped me remember a lot. It made me smile and remember this person, you know, and and again, that's that's the that's the entire goal is is just because my father's not here next to me doesn't mean I can't allow him to live on with with stories and and jokes he used to do and he'd try to embarrass me in front of my friends so I you know I'm very I have a quick wit so I give it right back to him and then we'd leave he goes why'd you have to embarrass me <laughs> like you tried it first. <laughs> um, so I think that's the other important thing too, is like, I, I'm hoping that with, with this book, you know, you're able to talk, but it also will bring back other memories. So when you're driving in the car, you'd be like, Hey, remember when we were reading that building our main street book and study stories about, you know, grandpa, grandma, mom, dad, I've thought of this other story. And then you can, again, just because the person's no longer here doesn't mean you can't continue to share their memory, their life, their stories. Um, because to me, as long as, it's like the movie Coco, right? As long as you have their memory and you keep talking about them and sharing their memories and stuff, they're, they're never actually gone. They're just not physically here with you. Yeah, it's a beautiful way of keeping them close in your heart and keeping them alive. And it, I think it enriches our lives, too, and, and allows us not just to learn about the people that have passed on, but as you said so beautifully, also about us and, and our ability to share and, and look and have a different perspective on our lives. Now, you've had an interesting childhood. How does that land? How did it lend itself, not just to this book, Christian, but to the other children's books that you've written? So my childhood, 
Um, you know, I unfortunately grew up with a mother that had alcohol dependency and other issues like mental health disorders and things like that, that she didn't really get, she never thought anything was wrong with her. So she would always take it out on us. And then, you know, later on be like, Oh, that, I'm fine. I don't need anything. Um, my father was a workaholic, military man, firefighter. Um, so he was always working. So I, I, I've always said that I've kept the mindset of being a child because, you know, even though my childhood wasn't, I guess, quote unquote, the best, because um, nobody's childhood is perfect. There's always something that happens or issues that arise. But I've always wanted to keep people smiling and happy and laughing. Um, <clears throat> when I moved to California in 2008 for the military, the first thing I did was buy a Disney annual premium pass. Like, because I only went to Disney when I was a kid once. And then when I got here and I moved here at 24, I, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can go to Disney whatever I want? Okay. Um, so my childhood helped keep my, I always say, keep my mental state as being an adult, but also having the heart of a child and, and trying to think of things to make people smile, laugh, and be happy. Um, that's why, like, All Hallows Even Salem, my, uh, my first published book with uh, AME Publishing, I – I was walking down Salem with, on Essex Street with my wife for our honeymoon, and I looked at her and go, I really want to write a children's book about Salem. And she goes, well, what's it about? I don't know yet. <clears throat> I go, I, got, I need time. I need time. Um, two months later, I had the idea, went to my office, and what I did was I grew up loving the classic universal monsters, like Wolfman's My All-Time Favorite, but you have Dracula, you have Frankenstein's Monster. Um, I'd go to the library and get these orange books that had the classic um, classic monsters and explained all of it. Like Rick Baker is my favorite special effects guy. He did Michael Jackson's thriller, all that. And so when I did all Hallows even Salem, I was like, well, Salem's the, they call it the unofficial town of Halloween. So what if all the monsters and they live here and they're just accepted and nobody looks at them differently. Nobody looks at them as strange. They're just part of the community. Um, <laughs> so I ended up, so I ended up writing that book and, you know, I initially self-published that book because I, I always tell people like my, I've been rejected hundreds of times by agents and publishers. And I told my wife, I'm like, you know what? <clears throat> I'm just going to self-publish this one. Let's see how it does. And we ordered 50. We're like, let's order 50 and see how it does. Those sold out in less than a day. And then I had to order another, then I ordered a hundred and I had to order another hundred. And we ended up selling before I went to my publisher now, like over 2000 copies worldwide. And I'm like, Holy crap, people like this book. And she goes, I told you, I'm like, yeah, but when you're told no so many times, um, but that, that's honestly why my motto and I always tell people is this, look, you can get, you can get told no a thousand times, but all you need is that one. Yes. And, and you took I'm, that, I'm think, you, you did that one yes by yourself, firstly. I mean, you said, you know, forget forget what you're telling me. Forget the rejections. This is something important, and I'm going to publish it. And I think that's also a message. Despite the rejections, if you believe in something, and you believe in yourself, and you believe that something's worthwhile, don't be influenced by all the naysayers. Just go ahead and do what you need to do, and like you did, and look what happened. And that's a beautiful, 
you know, also a beautiful way for people to see that. What do you want kids to get from your book, Christian? I, I honestly, when it comes to my books, I just want them to be able to look at them and smile. I want them, like, my favorite question to ask for All Hallows Even Salem is once the parents, because, you know, I have a, a, a they can, I, I allow people to message me on, on Instagram at World of Christian James, and I, when I mail out books, um, a lot of times they'll message me and tell me they love the book and thank you because I, I will personalize and sign every book. Like, I think that is something important. I am a collector myself of, of items, and I think, it, I think it's cool that, you know, as a kid, getting a personalized item from, you know, an author. And my question I always ask with that book is, well, who is your favorite character and why? And, like, again, it opens up that communication, right, with the parent. Because now the parent goes and asks the child, what's your favorite character? And I get a lot of Wolfie. I get a lot of Gilly. I get a lot of Frankie. I get a lot of Purple Witch Meredith, which is my wife in the book. Um, and the Main Street, same thing. I, I'd love, I, I, I want kids to be able to look at the book, love the colors, love the illustrations. Because for the building our Main Street, Mattia is my artist. And she did an amazing job. Um, but also, you know, just be able to open up and talk. Cause I think that that was the thing lacking in my childhood is with my father. I didn't have that open communication with him cause he wasn't very open with me. Um, I, I guess if I had one regret, it's not something that I did. It was something that he just wouldn't do with me where he wouldn't tell me stories. Like he wouldn't tell me his adventures in the military, um, but we'd be out with a group of friends in our military and he would talk about all these great things. And I'd get in the car with him and I go, I never knew any of that. He goes, it's just stuff I did. I'm like, well, tell me more. He goes, nah, it's okay. I'm like, you want to open up about all your stories to strangers, but when it comes to me, you don't. And then come to find out he did open up quite a bit to my, my eldest brother, Steve. Um, So I'm just, again, it was, uh, it was very weird. Like that he, would open up to certain my siblings, but not everyone. Um, you know, I'm not so, sure that that's just something coming from your from your father and your family. Many many parents are closed to talk about their lives to their children, and yet it's important. We want to know more. It's a, it, it's a way of understanding more about our our parents and being able to think about that in relation to ourselves and their actions and what they've done and, and really who they are. So I think that, you know, that that's also an important message. You have a proposal about kids writing to their mom's favorite monster. Can you, sh- I don't know if you've done that yet. Is that something in the works? Can you share that with our listeners, Kristen? Sure. So um, I had the idea probably about five months ago. Um, and I, and I, I asked my wife, I'm like, what do you think? Cause you know, kids write to Santa Claus. Like I wrote to Santa for years. Um, and I used to even still do it into my twenties, um, for my, for my mom. Um, and I, I told her, I go, what if, what if we had the, the kids write to their favorite Salem monster? And she, and she goes, okay, so what will we do? I'm like, well, so the kid will write a letter. Um, and, all we're, all we're asking for is a, is a return stamp and they will get a letter back, a personalized letter back from their favorite monster. So if it's Wolfie, Frankie, Meredith, Gilly, Mummy, Drac, anybody, you know, from my book. And, 
inside again it'll be personalized to them and then it's going to come with a um a little sticker so on on the page it's going to it's a love sticker and it's from my friend um from haunted happenings magazine my friend amy um she has this beautiful design that she came up with that says love but the o is actually a witch hat and it's actually in once upon a christmas eve in salem i put it on a sweater on one of the witches and as a thank you to her because she's been truly amazing to me um, uh, she actually helped record when my wife, uh, told us last, uh, uh, Halloween that we were pregnant with our first child, Abigail. Um, right. so, so we ended up, uh, so it is in full bloom. We are allowing people to do this and the, and the envelope will come with that sticker and then it will be sealed with a wax seal of my all Hallows Eve and Salem symbol, uh, that my brother, uh, Sean made for us. So. For people that would like to do it, again, it's, it's completely free besides a return stamp, and it's uh, P.O. Box 1855 Monrovia, M-O-N-R-O-V-I-A, California, 91017. And my goal is to have all the letters mailed out back to everyone by October 15th. That way their little ones will be able to have their letters by Halloween, and it's not just for kids. So if you're an adult and you want to take part, you know, feel free to write into one of your monsters, ask them a question, they'll answer it for you, and uh, you'll get a letter in time for Halloween. I think it's great, and Halloween's just around the corner, everybody, so get those letters in, and that's really important. And, you know, getting something back like that that's personalized is is a great idea. It makes a kid feel, well, it's a kid or an adult or whomever, feel special and really being able to be honored in some way, and I love it. I think it's 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 wonderful. Like you mentioned earlier, we've been going through some challenges during COVID, and why why is this book, especially the one about Main Street, why is that so important now and, and throughout this time? So. Um, the last two years I was activated and I worked in a, uh, uh, the Riverside coroner's office and the Los Angeles County coroner's office. And so unfortunately I saw thousands of people that had passed away. A lot of them unexpectedly. Like I always tell the people that the one, cause people ask me like, well, is there one thing that stuck out to you through this entire thing? And I said, yes. One of the people that we ended up picking up, um, she had freshly painted toenails and I'm like, she was not expecting to be here. You know, she was what a week ago, probably going to get her nails done, having fun, you know, all this stuff and then unexpectedly passed away. And that's why, you know, I told my wife, I go, I think this book is more important now than ever, just due to the fact that we've lost so many people to this virus and, you know, unfortunately, it's not just the virus. I call it the side effect of the virus. You know, when I was in L.A. County this year, it wasn't COVID people that passed. It wasn't from the virus itself. It was from, I call it the side effects. It was, you know, overdoses. It was suicides. It was homicides. It was just, it was insane to see. And a lot of it had to do with, like, people's depression and things from the lockdowns and the shutdowns. And losing their jobs, not, able, not being able to pay their bills and that kind of thing. And, and you know, it, this is, since I can remember, like, this was, you know, completely new. It was, it, was a, it was a worldwide thing that happened, and it just it shocked the world. And, you know, people 
so different from others. Like, you know, people either worked out really hard or they didn't work out at all. You know, people had massive anxiety. Other people enjoyed all the time being able to be at home and, and everything. You know, it was, it was legitimately different sides of the spectrum for everyone. Um, and now with, you know, I think, I don't know how many million people have, how many millions of people have passed away from this virus and from, you know, everything related to it. You know, these are, this book is hopefully a way that, you know, you can sit down with your child and have these conversations with them to go, you know, yes, I understand, you know, you know, the uncle passed away, but he loved you. And this is, this is his story. This is more about him because, you know, he's not going to be able to be here to tell you these stories. And because I think that's the thing too, is a lot of people don't understand is sometimes your uncles and your aunts and your family friends may be more like your parents than your parents. And so when they leave or they pass on, that may be more difficult to a child or to somebody than, you know, that. Like, I'm a big wrestling fan, and I'm watching Edge Adam Copeland's biography that he did on A&E, and he's talking about his uncle who was, you know, maybe 10 years older than he was, but that was his brother, that was his buddy, that was his best friend, and then just he unexpectedly passed away. And I, and I thought about that. I'm like, that's true. My uncle Bill he's still around. He was a homicide detective in Tucson, but he was always more like a dad to me than my own father at times because he would open up to me. He would come to Disney with his family and have fun and joke and ride rides. My dad came to Disney and acted like, you know, I'm too old for this. And, you know, so again, completely different perspectives. And, and I think that's why it's important for during COVID to, to, to be able to just sit and talk and explain things, especially for those that unfortunately, you know, passed on during this time because of this, uh, this terrible pandemic. Yeah, it's so important to be able to share and, and to share our experiences and our feelings, and it really makes a difference. And, and from your perspective, given what you didn't get from your dad, people need to think about that. It's you may you may not be the most talkative person in the world you you know you may hold feelings back in terms of of things that happened in your life but your children or those that are close to you really want to to be able to embrace that in some way so it's important as much as we can to share about ourselves and our experiences and our feelings and you do such a beautiful job Christian James, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of your book so they can find out more about you and everything else. Sure. So if you would like a signed personalized copy of Building Our Main Tree or uh, All Hallows Even Salem, uh, my website is worldofchristianjames.com. It's K-R-I-S-T-I-A-N. Also, one of the items that I've released um, is my Halloween edition of Elf on a Shelf. It's called Drax, Tomb in a Room. He had, he's 12 inches long, a 13-inch coffin, magnetic enclosure, has wire all the way through it. He can hold up to five pounds hanging upside down. Um, and, again, it's just my way of trying to create something for the month of October that you can do little fun things with your kids. So in the morning, they're going to go look for them. On weekends, maybe you have little events set up because, you know, then you don't have to try to pry them away because <laughs> you got to go to school. And – the best part to me is with the elf on a shelf, you can't, the kids aren't allowed to touch him because he'll lose his power and can't go back to the North pole with Drac, You know, it's encouraged to have your, your kids actually interact with him. And then at the end of the time, when you guys are done playing with 
you know, playing with him, you put him back in his tomb so he can rest for the next night's adventure. Um, on Instagram, uh, I have World of Christian James, and I also have my own Christian 13 James. You can DM me at any time, and I will always get back to you. Um, and, yeah, oh, and Once Upon a Christmas Eve in Salem, it releases November 12th. I am a huge Christmas movie fan, so my artist and I, Alyssa, legitimately went through I think the three-fourths of the book has little hidden Easter eggs of Christmas movies. So look for, like, you know, the bunny suit from A Christmas Story. Uh, We have – I'm a huge Home Alone fan, so there's uh, little things to that. And there's even a little Easter egg to Die Hard because I still believe Die Hard is a Christmas movie. (laughs) I love it. So before we close, what would you like to leave our listeners with, Christian James? Sure. So my goal is for everybody to be happy, smile, and, you know, just be there for, you know, your, your family. And like I said earlier today is if you have a goal and you have a dream, please don't give up on it. You know, people are going to tell you no. And at the end of the day, all you need is that one yes to succeed. Even if it's like, you know, I said earlier, even if it's your own yes, like you self-publish your own book. Um, I finally got my one yes with AME Publishing. Um, and I've told my wife, I only have one more yes I need to get, and that's a literary agent. Um, but that will come in time. So please just don't give up. Keep striving for your goals and your dreams. And uh, just be there, for, be, your, be there for your family members. Um, you know, the holidays are coming up as well. So just try to enjoy it as you can. Beautiful. And also be there for yourself. Great message, Christian James. Thank you so much for being with us. And have a beautiful day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. So think about what Christian said, because it is important to to value yourself, to value your dreams, and to be able to share them in any way you can. And remember, when someone passes on, it's not the end. You can keep that person alive, their stories alive, and it's so important to not shut down, if possible, and to be able to open up the dialogue with your families, especially with your children who need to understand and know what that's all about and be able to keep those memories, those main streets alive so that they can also grow and share and be a part of it all. If you want to get a hold of me, I'll give you the short version. Go to docwhite.org. And remember, you have the ability each and every day to power your life, It may be just taking little steps, and it doesn't matter. Little steps can add up to big ones and can actually help you achieve your goal. And as Christian said, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your dreams. Share them and share who you are because it matters and you matter. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a beautiful day. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the Upbeat Show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.